Uh, what's up, folks? It's another edition. Actually, it's a bonus edition. Um, uh, you know, I, I do a lot of podcasts. This is going to run on a variety of streams. We usually do basketball talk. We do geek talk. We do pro wrestling talk. Tonight, we are talking dynasty fantasy football. Um, and, you know, it is a season. We're at the beginning of August, and um, uh, fantasy football is about to start. Excuse me. And I'm um, uh, one of these formats that I, uh, you know, just started recently playing uh, in the last few years is uh, fantasy, uh, dynasty, dynasty football, which is, uh, you know, it's like fantasy football, but uh, instead of, you know, redrafting every year, um, uh, you go and you pick up, um, uh, you keep your team throughout the entire career. So um, it's a pretty, pretty fun way to play it. Uh, I have a guest on here. Um, I just call him as Kyle. Kyle, I mean, you, you know, I call you dynasty fantasy football Kyle. Is, is there a different name I should call you by or? <laughs> no, that's perfect. Um, I've had Dynasty, Fantasy Kyle, Dynasty Kyle, Kyle M. Doesn't matter, man. I'm just happy to be here. Uh, thank you for having me on. Excited to talk some Dynasty and maybe get some people who, you know, have never tried Dynasty or are kind of nervous to try it. Maybe, you know, get them to take that jump. Yeah, Dynasty Kyle. Um, yeah, so, um, you know, funny, I, I just followed you on Twitter one day. Uh, I can't remember somebody who else that I know that is in the fantasy community was like, Hey, you know, here's his account. I can't remember if you're trying to like regain followers or something, or um, uh, if you had hate speech. I can't remember. You, you got banned or something from Twitter and uh, you had to start, you had <laughs> yeah. to start a new one. Yeah. Well, thankfully it was not hate speech. Okay, gotcha, um, gotcha. What, what happened was my old account got hacked. Oh. I had, I had just started a Twitter. I was on for a few months, had about 2000 followers and my account got hacked. So I wasn't able to, you know, enter my security passwords or my backup email or anything. It was all wiped out. Oh, so I had to, which was a bummer because I had definitely been grinding hard to get those followers up because I had just started. So I created a new account and was, you know, extra, extra active trying to get some of those followers back. So and that's, uh, that's kind of what happened. Yeah. This is a different dynasty, Kyle, a different dynasty, Kyle, than that was selling you um, uh, ED pills. So um, this is a whole different guy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so, um, uh, we're back. So, um, uh, tell people what you do. So right now, um, uh, you're on Twitter, but you also have this like Patreon. Um, uh, it's uh, very affordable. Um, uh, what do people get when they sign up for a Patreon with you? Yeah, for sure. So what, what it was kind of like on Twitter is, so I, I have about 14,000 followers on Twitter and about when I hit 10,000 followers, I decided to create this Patreon page. And the reason I created it was I was getting anywhere from 100 to 150 Twitter DMs every day. And I would somehow find time. I would, I would lose sleep. I would, you know, not pay attention as much during the day. And I just, I really felt that I needed to reply to everyone. And of course, it wasn't just one reply. These replies would turn into conversations. And it was just impossible to keep up with as I gained followers. So I created this Patreon to kind of move the platform somewhere else, somewhere somewhere where it's more manageable, where I can reply to people. And, and what it is, is it's pretty much the same thing. It's a, it's a means for people to reach out to me. We go back and forth, we converse, they ask all the questions they want. Um, but I've also recently added Dynasty rankings updated every single day, access to a Discord chat, um, an occasional article, just whether it be rookie breakdowns or rookie rankings. This past year, I ranked 160 rookies in multiple formats, uh, whether it be general strategy. But definitely the main allure of it is just the fact that one-on-one, 24-7 access to DMs. And my favorite part of it, because I really want as many people as I can to be on Patreon and to communicate with me as much as they can. It was just impossible when, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of people were doing it. So to kind of tell everyone, you know, how bad I want them on there and just to create this community, I, I've made it to where people can pay whatever they want. They can contribute whatever they want, whether that's $1 a month, whether that's $5 a month, $10 a month contribute whatever you think it's worth. Um, I just needed to find a way to manage my time a little better just because I could not keep up with the amount of DMs I was getting um, on Twitter. And it's, it's just been a fantastic experience with the Patreon. And I see myself staying active and involved in it for years and years and years to come. I really, really enjoy it. 
Yeah, I was about to say, um, uh, I apologize. Um, a hundred of those DMs were probably from me, but um, yeah, I do have that <laughs> Patreon now. And uh, you also created the Discord server, so um, uh, not only can we access you there, but uh, uh, you know, we have access to like other people who are doing Dynasty, and you can get advice from people that are in the community that you know, you, sometimes you can ask a Dynasty question on, on Twitter or whatever. And there's not, you know, I don't know personally a lot of people um, uh, that play it. And so um, um, I don't always get the same kind of advice that people who've been doing it for years and years and years. Um, and we're going we're gonna to get into that because um, uh, there is a different strategy, um, uh, not just, you know, preseason, during the season, off season. There's a, just a different time to think about these things. Different way, excuse me, to think about these things. Um, sure. So, Kyle, um, uh, first of all, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, how long have you been playing Dynasty uh, Fantasy? Uh, so I've been playing fantasy football in general since I was about eight years old, I would probably say. And I've been playing dynasty fantasy football probably for the past. It hasn't been around terribly long. So I would probably say for the past eight or so years, I've been playing dynasty, maybe, maybe eight to nine. Um, and I, you know, love it more and more as every year, as every year passes. Yeah, like um, eight years old. That's 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 crazy. Like um, I remember, I, I remember thinking getting into fantasy football in high school, and I was like, I I, I was a pioneer back then. I was like, I was like, oh yeah, I've been doing this for for years, and uh, um, yeah. So you you're doing it at eight, like um, uh, that's like newspaper stuff. Is that was that a family league or? It was. It, it it always starts with a family league. It was a it was an eighteen non-PPR, one quarterback, you know, you know how it is, of course. Um, it, it always starts with a family league. And then, you know, years down the road, it's a triple super flex, tiered PPR. It, you know, as you, as you play more and more, it, it levels up a little bit and gets a little more complicated. But yes, it, it all started with the, the classic family league. Yeah. And, um, uh, you know, that's a, and, and like now it's, it's, it's turned into like, oh, you play fantasy football, like you, you get your friends to do it. Uh, I know my brother, when he found out I did Dynasty, he was like, oh, that sounds really interesting. So he started doing his own and got his friends involved. So, you know, it's, it's, it's growing. It's, it's growing as a as a game here. I mean, most people still play the, you know, general like work league or like redraft league, 10 teams, one QB. To me, it sounds very boring. But <laughs> even, I, even I'll get into one of those. Like I'm, I did a podcast league. Um, with a bunch of other podcasters, um, uh, where we kind of just did the normal stuff because, you know, you you have to like really love, uh, football and fantasy football if you want to do dynasty league. You you gotta love the game because it, it, there's a lot more. Thi- like, what would you say the big differences between dynasty and redraft in like terms of strategy and thinking are? Um, so I would say for dynasty, so the the main difference is for redraft, the main the only goal is to win a championship that year. Because every year you draft a new team and you start over. So in redraft, everyone's goal is to win a championship this season. However, in Dynasty, since you keep the players for their entire career up until they retire if you want to, people have different windows in which they want to win a championship. For example, I had a a Dynasty startup draft, which is where you start from scratch and draft the players. And... Myself, I kind of took took the route where I wanted to draft a young team, but a team that was competitive enough to compete right away. So I wanted to win the same year that I drafted. And there was another person in my league that wanted to win three years out. So he just focused on drafting, you know, really young players, rookies, traded for future picks, future rookie picks. Um, so that, that's really the main difference. In Dynasty, you can have so many different strategies for winning championships, but for redraft, for redraft, everyone just wants to draft the best team right now to win right now. Exactly, and like I, I think I'm, uh, you know, if, if you started a dynasty league with um, uh, you know, a bunch of like newbies, like twelve newbies, and they've all played redraft before, I think you would find a lot of them would try to draft um, in a way to like, oh, we're going to win this year. You know, just that mindset. It was one of the things that. Maybe if you've done, you know, five or six years of uh, dynasty drafting, you go, you know, maybe I'm going to try a different strategy this year. I want to go really young, um, quickly, and and just gather assets from um, for for future years. So, um, 
for sure. Uh, yeah, so those are some great ways to like start. Uh, and if you haven't tried it yet, I mean, this is great. Like if you feel like you have a group of friends of ten to twelve friends um, that you can play fantasy football with every year, I think it's a great way to go because it's a good way to stay connected. I mean, luckily we have technology now to talk on the phone, Skype, uh, you know, Zoom. Uh, do all stuff together and stay connected throughout the year. Because I, I know when uh, fantasy football season starts, um, my conversation with some friends, um, uh, there's they 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 up the and it goes it goes way up because like now we're talking about football. We have we have more small talk to talk about, I guess, <laughs> and, and chat and talk strategy and everything. So um, it's a good time. So uh, so that's like when you when you start a dynasty. Um, uh, but like say you're in a league and. Um, at what point, um, uh, say, say, like you know, I, I'm in the league now, three or four years into it, um, and say that you haven't won the championship in the first three years or so. Uh, when do you start to decide, like, okay, you, you, when you look at your roster, do you feel like you need to go into rebuild, or you try to go for it all? Like, um, uh, what type of things do you, do you look for? To like, you know, what this team is not it. You know, like you have to tell yourself this team. Um, uh, you know, I, I've gone as far as I can. It's time to rebuild. Like, like, you know, like real GMs do. For sure. So it, it really needs to be taken on a case-by-case basis in this sort of situation. So if you have a team that you, that you drafted to win immediately, let's say you loaded up on a lot of veterans. Let's say, you know, you have Julio Jones, Antonio Brown, Travis Kelsey, maybe even like Keenan Allen, guys in their late 20s, Allen Robinson. That's what your main core looks like. Obviously, that sounds like a pretty good team, but maybe if you just have a couple of those guys as your stars and you're finding that you're not able to get a good enough surrounding cast around them um, and you just find yourself, you know, barely making the playoffs and losing year over year and you have lots of older players, that's a kind of situation where I just have to be honest and say, can this team realistically win a championship in the next season or two? And more often than not, if you've missed the playoffs in multiple seasons or you're having first round exits in multiple seasons and your team has lots of old players, more often than not, the answer is no, this team probably can't win a championship. So in those kind of situations, that's when you just have to ship off, trade away those veterans for these young players, trade away, you know, Keenan Allen for Antonio Gibson, trade away the older players for the younger players, for rookie picks, for younger but established players and then kind of take that that rebuild route where you want to surround your team with a younger core now when you find yourself in a situation where you have plenty of you're loading up on young players trying to stay really young loading up on rookie picks but you find yourself missing on rookie picks and you know you're drafting all these young players but they're not working out then maybe it's time to try to get a little bit older. If you find that, you know, you consistently just can't draft the right rookies, then maybe just trade away those rookie picks before you have to make the selection and get some proven veterans. So it's really just a case by case situation, but the way I like to manage my teams is to never find myself in a situation where I have too many veterans. If I find that you know, my players are getting up there in age and I think they may drop off in value next season, then I'm going to continuously churn them out for younger talent because that's, that's what you have to do in Dynasty. If you hold on to these veterans for as long as you possibly can until they're productive and get all the production you can out of them and then try to trade them away, chances are it's going to be too late. They will have already probably lost a lot of value. So Dynasty is all about just consistently churning out players. Get a few years of production from a stud running back or a stud receiver and then churn them out for younger talent. That That's my personal strategy. Yeah, okay. Um, so uh, uh, this is a trade that my brother made in a different Dynasty league. So let's grade the trades here uh, with that, strat- that strategy you just said. He gave up – this is Superflex League. So Superflex is two QBs, basically. Jimmy Garoppolo gave up Odell Beckham, Miles Sanders, and David Johnson and a 2022 second. So what he received, it was Jalen Hurts, pick 108 in this year's draft, uh, 2022 first next year, and a 23 second in, uh, sorry, a, a second rounder in 2023. So basically three picks, two firsts, and Jalen Hurts. So um, uh, I, I I may need you to repeat that one, but oh, I can tell you right now that I like that. You, yeah. From from what I heard, I like that he a lot. He gave away Odell Beckham, Miles Sanders, 
and Jimmy G. And then got away, got, got back, you know, Jalen Hurts and three picks, two first rounders and a, and a future uh, second and a future first, I guess. So, um, so yeah, that's like, you know, because Odell is like, Odell's one of those guys that's kind of up there, up there in age, right? Uh-huh. No, for sure. So, so to break that trade down a little bit, <laughs> I, it seems like I'm going to like this trade a whole lot for your brother. So this is a super flex league where you're starting, you have to start one quarterback, you know, like most leagues, but you can start a quarterback in the flex. So let's just look at these quarterback situations. On one hand, we have Jimmy G. On one hand, we have Jalen Hurts. Jimmy G is likely to get you maybe five to six weeks of probably pretty solid production here in 2021. But then he's probably going to be delegated to a backup role because San Francisco just drafted Trey Lance, number three overall in this draft. But then we look at Jalen Hurts. I'm not 100% confident that he is going to be a full-time NFL starter for you know years and years and years to come. But I can, I'm very confident that he's going to be a starter for longer than Jimmy Garoppolo is. <laughs> and Jalen Hurts has proven that when he is a starting quarterback – Throw away all, you know, how he does in NFL games, his, you know, completion percentage, quarterback rating, all these things. Toss it out the window. That doesn't really matter for immediate fantasy production. With his legs, he produces. He he produces for fantasy because he's dual threat. Um, that offense has added a lot of weapons. So that is a an easy advantage to the Jalen Hurts side just in that regard. So now if I'm looking at Odell and Miles Sanders – just off the top of my head, I have Odell Beckham, I believe, right outside my top 30 dynasty receivers. So I know you said the Jalen Hurts side has the 108, a future first, and a future second. Yes. Um, in terms of rookie picks. So I would say Odell is probably pretty close in value to the future first plus future second. Roughly, I'll, I'll probably say future first. We'll say the future first and Odell cancel out in value. He's in a run happy offense. He's getting up there in age. So I'll call that a draw. So then it comes down to really Miles Sanders plus that 1.08 plus a future second. Again, this is kind of how I value trades. It's, it's sort of just a, a math equation, but I just cancel out sides until I get down to the meat of the bone. But I do value Miles Sanders pretty much in a complete toss up with that 1.08 rookie pick. Yeah, so think, after breaking it... I was, I was saying, sorry, I, I, go think, ahead. I think he drafted uh, Etni at 107, and then he drafted Zach Wilson at 108 since he had two in a row. So, yeah, so it, it turned out to be either Etni or um, uh, or Wilson. Um, uh, so Yeah, so that, that pretty much couldn't cancel out any better in value because I value Miles Sanders very close to those guys. So I'll cancel out Sanders in the 1.08 rookie pick. I'll cancel out Odell and the future first. So then if I do that, the way it looks on one side is Jimmy Garoppolo. And the way it looks on the other side is Jalen Hurts in a future second. And I already said earlier that I value Jalen Hurts very confidently ahead of Jimmy Garoppolo in Dynasty. So this is an absolute smash for me. Not only did your brother pick up some additional value in this trade, but he pretty much got younger at every possible every possible way that he could both at quarterback with the picks. So th this sort of goes to what I'm saying about, you know, you get your production out of Odell, you get your production out of Miles Sanders, although I still really like Miles Sanders, but you churn these guys out for younger assets. Mm -hmm. So this is, this is a prime example of picking up some value and getting much younger. at obviously very key positions. So I, I like it a whole lot. I'm, I'm grading that an A, 100%, Beautiful. confidently grading that an A. Beautiful. All right. So um, we, I, I want to talk a little more about, like, um, ages and, like, um, uh, you know, what we consider old in fantasy football. But let's go back to, like, uh, a startup draft strategy. Uh, you wrote a really good thing on the Patreon. Again, I'm, uh, the, he, the Patreons, it could be less than a cup of coffee. I, I don't drink coffee, so I assume it's somewhat expensive. But, um, uh, uh, <laughs> but the Patreon's less than that. Um, uh, you know, you, what, what do you spend on Starbucks per day? I mean, you can you can do it how much how much you want. Uh, it's a very it's very good content. Um, so you have a little um, a write up that you did for 
draft strategies, uh, beginners. Um, uh, what do you like to do when um, uh, people are beginning out? Uh, and uh, what, what strategies do you recommend for people who are starting out uh, in dynasty drafting? For sure. So if you're trying to, you know, maybe do your first dynasty draft and you're just learning a little bit, there are two main formats in dynasty, just to keep it simple. There's a one quarterback format and a super flex format. And just for the sake of simplicity, we'll say in the one quarterback format, you know, you just start one quarterback. And in the super flex format, again, for the sake of simplicity, let's say you start two quarterbacks. So I'll, I'll keep this definitely brief and easy to understand. For the one quarterback format, I'm pounding the running back position early. And that's just because wide receivers, year after year, it's just an extremely deep position. Whereas at running back, once you get outside the top 15 or so running backs, it gets, it gets pretty ugly pretty fast. Whereas at the wide receiver position, there are 30, 40 guys out there that I, I feel comfortable starting on a given week. So I'm pounding running back early, loading up on wide receiver in the later positions. And if I, if I can find a good value at tight end, I'll take it. You know, if I can if I can get Travis Kelsey in the early third round or George Kittle in the mid to late second or Darren Waller, maybe in the early fourth. And that's great value. I'm going to pounce on that. But overall, in one quarterback leagues, my strategy and it's been this way for years, just because this is how the dynasty landscape usually plays out. Pound running back early, take wide receiver in the maybe rounds four through six, four through seven. And then if I find good value at tight end throughout, I'll take that value. And then at quarterback, I'm, I'm usually okay waiting till the later rounds, drafting a guy like maybe Ryan Tannehill or Matthew Stafford, potentially in the, you know, in the ninth round, because you can do that in a one quarterback league. Now to pivot a little bit to the super flex or the two quarterback formats, quarterback is obviously way more important in this format because you have to start two of them. So it's just really hard to find good quarterbacks. So in this format, my strategy pretty much remains the exact same as the one quarterback format, but I like to pound not only running backs, but also quarterbacks very early, more so quarterbacks than running backs, just because the shelf life for a stud young quarterback is at least twice as long as a stud young running back. So again, this is all on the Patreon. If anyone wanted to check it out, you, you mentioned the price of a cup of coffee. It is, if your coffee costs $1 for an entire month, if that's what you think it's worth, that's what you can pay. I mean, that's what you can contribute. It's, it, it's really more so just to whittle down the interactions to the people that, you know, are, are really excited to be here and really excited to go back and forth. As you mentioned, this is one of the recent articles that I posted, but yeah, that's my that's my general strategy just to keep it just to keep it very very broad because every strategy is different. And every draft if different. there's exactly if there's like if you're in a draft where you're picking 10th overall and your plan is okay, you know, Kyle said pound running back early and then the first nine picks are running backs, then you know, maybe maybe pivot to a wide receiver because that's the best value. But it, it all depends on how the draft plays out, but that's just my general general opinion for someone looking to jump into a, a dynasty draft for the first time, and they're not really sure what strategy to go with. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll tell you. So in one of my dynasty leagues uh, with my brother, we started a couple years ago, I think, and it was super flex. And, you know, so the first year everybody got their teams or whatever, and I think I, I ended up with, like, three of, the, like, the later middle-round quarterbacks, and then I made a trade for... Uh, another older quarterback. So I was like, all right, so my quarterbacks are kind of old. The next year, um, uh, the top two quarterbacks, that was, this is last year, were Joe Burrow and uh, Tua. And I assumed that they were going to go in the top five. But uh, Joe Burrow went at 1-4. And so I sat there at 1-7. I had Tua available to me. I wasn't expecting to take Tua. Like wow. I said, I, I think I had, like one of my quarterbacks is Philip Rivers. And like, I know he's going to be gone. And a super flex, I'm like, well, I, I don't love Tua as a prospect, but at one seven, I felt like I had to take him. Um, and this year, I, I wonder if the league either got smarter or the talent's better because like they were corrected. So the first three picks this year were Lawrence, Fields, and Lance. 
Um, mm. And which sounds like a normal um, uh, uh, Superflex uh, draft, but last year Burrow went four and Tua went seven. Was that because um, uh, Burrow and Tua just aren't as good as the quarterbacks this year? Or do you think the league corrected themselves and were like, wait, we need some quarterbacks now? In my opinion, the league definitely corrected themselves. And in, in rookie drafts, this is usually how I how I see it happen. Um, usually when the startup takes place, which is when you know people draft players for the first time, in a super flex or two quarterback format, I find that people tend to undervalue quarterbacks. And they, they don't realize how valuable the quarterback position is. And you know, maybe they'll let guys like Baker fall to, you know, the the seventh or eighth round, which is just, you know, obviously too far. But then if you, you know, let a year or two pass and people actually, you know, set lineups and realize how important the quarterback position is, then they'll start to correct themselves and start to take them higher in rookie drafts, like you said they did, or, you know, maybe make more aggressive trades for quarterbacks. So yeah, I definitely think that's just your league correcting itself and realizing how important the quarterback position is in a super flex format. Yep, and um, uh, yeah, so I mean, uh, Superflex just makes it's a whole nother conversation, <laughs> but Superflex just a, it's yeah. a fun way to kind of give because in one quarterback league you can get away like in, in one my dynasty league it's one quarterback, I'm gonna rock with Ben Roethlisberger and uh, Cam Newton again and hope t- for the best you know for at least another year or two, um, but oh, yeah. but um, so now we um uh, you know we talked about that. So say that people have been playing Dynasty for a couple years now, like uh, but now we have guys like Julio Jones, who's I want to say thirty two. Uh, Michael Thomas is twenty is twenty eight old for a wide receiver. Do you think? So the, it it definitely differs by position. Um, for wide receivers, you will find that their value really starts to drop off a cliff once their age starts with the number three, um, because that's just how people operate. They see that three and they go, "Oh no, he's in his thirties. He's ancient." Um, so twenty eight, I do not consider old for a wide receiver. Um, I would say once wide receivers hit um, 30 is when their value starts to fall off and their production starts to tail off a little bit. Um, Once you hit 28 years old, that's usually a wide receiver's prime. However, based on dynasty ADP, which is average draft position, um, you see wide receivers start to lose value once they hit 28. So while the production will probably still be very high for a 28-year-old wide receiver, that's exactly when they start to lose value due to their age. I mean, it's, and, but, you know, there are freaks. Like, like DeAndre Hopkins is 29. People don't really, like, you know, Stephon Diggs 27. There's going to be a lot of guys here in that area like, oh, boy. Like, um, do, do you agree with the you want to sell? Because it's almost like a stock market thing. You want to sell high, buy low. Um, when do you start looking to, like, you know, put – put your wide receivers on the trade block is, is it 28 like do you have a number or do you like to just because like you know again DeAndre Hopkins is 29 um Julio Jones is 32 like uh Michael Thomas 28 uh, I'm trying to think of any other guys here I can think of um I don't know I don't know how old I, I'm assuming Devontae Adams is not quite that old yet but uh um, I want to say 28 I, I, I could be I could be off and I'm pretty sure Keenan Allen is 27 I could I could be wrong see I'm pretty I thought he he is older than I thought he was. I thought he was 27 too, but I looked it up and he's either about right. to turn 29. Yeah. So he's 29. Uh, so um, uh, what, which one of those yeah, um, wide receivers, there. like, um, uh, like, is it a hard age cap or like, you're like, do you start to go, okay, you know, this is kind of where I'm going to, cause I'm a, uh, if, if somebody offered you Julio Jones for Keenan Allen straight up right now, you probably wouldn't do it. Right. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm taking Keenan Allen there and yeah. it really just, I mean, it's, it's, it's the three-year age gap, in all honesty. Um, so to answer your question, no, I do not have a specific age cap. And that's just because, again, like I mentioned, it just differs team by team. You know, if, if I have a team that I'm just trying to, you know, be extremely young and I don't really plan on contending this year and I'm just trying to accumulate a bunch of young pieces, but I have Michael Thomas on my team, you know, why do I have Michael Thomas on my team? I, I don't need him. I don't, I don't plan on winning this year. So as long as he's on my team, he's losing value because he's getting older as every year passes. So in that situation, 28 years old is too old. And I want to get rid of him because, you know, I, I don't need his production and I can trade him for some solid young pieces. But then on the other hand, let's say I'm a, 
I'm a heavy playoff team, you know, I've gotten second place for the past two years and I really need to make that aggressive move to, to win the title. I mean, a, a guy like Keenan Allen, if I can get him for a discount due to his age, I'm, I'm smiling ear to ear. So it, it really just depends on whether you're a younger team or if, you know, that, that's, you want to accumulate young assets to win later or if you're a win now dynasty team that, you know, wants to bring home a title now. And in that case, I'm willing to pay for a guy like, you know, a, I believe 32 year old like Antonio Brown or 32 year old ish like Julio Jones or, you know, maybe a DeAndre Hopkins at age 29. But I'm trading for these guys knowing that they're going to lose value every year they're on my team. However, the most important thing in dynasty is to win a championship. So I'm willing, you know, to pay up for these older guys. Again, like I mentioned, whereas on a younger team, maybe my cap is 27 because uh, there's no point in having older guys on your team when you're just trying to stay young. Yep. And um, uh, so you mentioned like positions like quarterbacks play a lot longer. Um, uh, you know, we see some of you guys, I mean, obviously, you know, Tom Brady, but you know, Rogers is up there. Big Ben, so these guys, I mean, so quarterbacks, you especially in Superflex, you definitely want to have them because they do have the most, you know, they do retire less um, uh, due to age. Um, so that's that's the, a good way to like have that roster spot <laughs> for years on end. Uh, but running back, uh-huh. running back seems to be like the very quick and like you, know, you might get a spurt for three or four years and then bam, those guys are out. Yeah, running back. Running back is tough. Um, if you can perfectly time when right before a running back is about to fall off the production cliff, then you know you should quit fantasy football and you know become a stock trader because it is very very difficult to predict those types of trends. Um, one thing that that is a, a common saying is just expect the first contract out of a running back. So when a running back gets drafted, um, depending on, you know, which round they're in, if they're a first round pick, then it's usually a a five-year contract because they get the fifth year option. But if a running back is, you know, a second, third, fourth, and so on round pick, then they're assigned to a four-year contract. After those four to five years pass, the running back usually finds themselves about, you know, 27 or so years old, maybe 26, I'll say 26 years old. And teams are usually unwilling to sign running backs that are 26 or 27 because they know their value is about to drop off a cliff. Um, it's just such a such an athletically tolling position that has such a short window of production. So whether I'm a contending team or a young rebuilding team, I really don't want to pay up for a running back that's older than 26. And I'm even uncomfortable really paying up for a running back that's 26 because I know I'm pretty much just getting one year of production out of them before their value starts to drop off. So when I mentioned earlier that I really like to just churn out talent and, you know, hold a player for a couple of years and trade him for a younger guy, that mainly applies to the running back position. Like maybe I have a good example is maybe I have a guy like, like Joe Mixon. Um, I've, you know, I've, I've wrote him since he was drafted in 2017, but he's entering, you know, his, his fourth or fifth season. And like I mentioned, that's, that's around how long you can expect running backs to produce. So maybe I'll look to trade Joe Mixon for a guy like Travis Etienne, who is, you know, a, a 21, 22 year old rookie who has five years ahead of him on his first contract. That that's how you constantly churn out talent in dynasty, but most importantly at the running back position, just because you may only get two to three years of production from some guys. Again, just because it's, it's a position that just requires such peak athleticism that it comes and goes like that. Yeah. And um, uh, so, and it's funny cause like the, the advice is to go get running backs and quarterbacks early in, in a, in a startup draft. Uh, but yeah, you better be able to contend in that, in that window or else some, uh, you know, it all goes away very quickly. Um, I remember a few years ago, like Todd Gurley, I got him in the first round of a, of a startup draft, and that ended up horribly. I mean, Todd Gurley's only 26, and I don't think he's on the team. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, you know, like it, it's hard. You know, you know, you sometimes you, you can't predict it. It's hard. Um, uh, so, um, uh, 
uh, what, what do you do in, in a dice situation where you don't have running backs? Because, I mean, you know, it's hard to find them off waiver wire. Like, in my situation, I think my starting running backs are Miles Gaskin and Mike Davis going into this year. Um, you know, my receivers are good. I've got plenty of quarterbacks to choose from. Um, hopefully tight end's good. Uh, so if running backs to your weakest spot, you know, it's probably not too bad, right? 24 team or 20, sorry, 24 spots because 12 teams. Do you think you can win a championship um, uh, having just okay running backs? I, I, I think Mike Davis and or Miles Gaskin, at least one of them could be okay for the year. So it, it's sort of a mixed response. Yes, I absolutely do think you can win a championship if you're loaded at all other positions and just have sort of these stopgap guys at the running back position. You know, Miles Gaskin, I'm, I'm expecting low end, you know, top 15 production out of him. And I, I could easily see Mike Davis finishing as a top 24 running back. You know, maybe if you have a little depth to back them up, maybe, you know, maybe like a, just off the top of my head, like a Philip Lindsay maybe is an RB3. And maybe you make a, a cheap move for a guy like Damian Harris who could, in New England, who could put up some sneaky low end running back to production. So yes, with, with slightly subpar plug-in running backs, I do think you can win an immediate championship if the team around you is, is loaded. However, that, that success is usually short-lasted. And again, it doesn't really matter. If you can win a dynasty championship, that's all that matters. But if you build a team around subpar running backs, then it's more, it's more than likely these running backs are, if they're subpar they're, and just kind of placeholders, they're probably going to be replaced next year, whether it's through the draft or free agency. So, yes, I do think you can win an immediate title with these running backs, but it, it's hard to sustain that su- success long term or even just the next year. Because when you're dealing with not stud running backs in the NFL, they just churn out running backs so quickly that, I mean, it's very, very possible neither Miles Gaskin or Mike Davis or Philip Lindsay will get any sort of significant reps in the 2022 season so that's just that that's the the tough spot that's hilarious so those are my running backs uh philip lindsey i thought you were gonna say i thought you were gonna say damian williams and i was like oh i have damian williams too but damian harris oh <laughs> um yeah so i'm uh so going back to my brother's um, uh, uh, trade right so he decided preseason he's like you know what i made it to the first round two or three years haven't got past that i think it's time for a rebuild um, do you think it's smarter to like go for the rebuild preseason or do you think my brother should have waited to see what was happening around the trade deadline, which was like week 10 or something, uh, and see what's happening then? All right. So this one, this is a little more of a complicated dynasty strategy, but if you have a team full of older, older players and you say to yourself, you know what? I probably can't win a championship with all these older players. I want to ship them off for younger players. You have to then think of think to yourself, when is the period of time in the year where older players carry the most value? And in my opinion, and you know, based on based on dynasty studies, older players carry the most value either right before the season starts or during the season. And that's because people get in their minds that you know, the season's starting and, oh, no, my starting lineup doesn't look the way I want it to. Or, you know, we're a few weeks in and my receivers aren't producing very well. I need to trade for Julio Jones because I want to win a title so bad. See, the opposite of that is in the middle of the offseason, right around NFL draft time, where all people can do is think about, you know, the hot young prospect or the, the shiny new toy. And that's where older players are at their lowest value. So if you're an older team trying to trade for younger pieces, you want to make these trades either right before the season starts, so pretty much right around now, or during the season when peak hype surrounds these older players because people want their starting lineups to look great and they want to, you know, win games and and the shininess of the new shiny toys, which are the incoming rookies, has sort of worn off just a tiny bit. Yeah, I, I've noticed that uh, uh, during like I, I told my co-owners this like, like you know during the draft people love trading draft picks, um, uh, uh, you know just like they you know you want to get them to trade up or trade down a little bit. Um, it is 
this is one of those things that they because like the, the known commodities, the names are there. Like, oh boy, if I trade for one twelve, you know, Waddle will be there or Bateman will be there, mm-hmm. you know, and the you know the, that's a tangible thing. Um, yeah, and um, uh, you know this draft class was uh, you know we'll get that to in a minute, but. Um, so when you're looking at trading and trade value, so this is one of the hard times and one of the reasons I'm really glad I have Patreon and uh, the Discord is because I can't, you know, in redraft, I, I think it's pretty easy for me at least to be like, all right, no, this is a pretty valuable trade. Um, I think these guys, you know, are comparable or I think, I'm, uh, you know, I can do a two-for-one here and uh, get my, make, make, make myself better. But in fantasy, you know, with future draft picks and, you know, you're trading, you know, Julio Jones for... I don't know, maybe Brandon Ayuk, right? Um, uh, like, I'm a, how do you measure, like, I'm a, what's a good way for people to who are just starting or have not started Dynasty yet, like, to get into a mindset of, like, trading younger and older and uh, depending on your team? Um, to be honest, it is very, very tough. Um, for when I first started playing Dynasty, I... I just didn't really know player values. I just, I didn't know how to compare the 32 year old that puts up 1200 yards every season to the first round rookie. Who's just 21 years old. Like it, it's just not something you intuitively know. It's something that you need to read about, um, talk to other people about this is a, this is a perfect time where you just need to say, Hey, you know, person on Twitter, you are more knowledgeable than me about rookie picks, about veteran values, because, you know, I'm relatively new to dynasty and I'm still trying to learn the values. Can you talk to me about that? Or if you don't want to reach out to anyone, then just maybe scroll through the Twitter timeline, follow a few dynasty players, and maybe just see some of their trades. It's, it's really tough to just think about it off the top of your head. It's something that, you know, takes a long bit of, not studying, but just exposure to, to understand how to value these young players to the old players and how to value production compared to youth. And that, that is why I think that, you know, the Patreon or anyone else on Twitter, because there are so many knowledgeable people out there, but that's why I think the Patreon is so useful because not only do you have, you know, 24 seven access to me, to my DMs where you can just bounce ideas off me or ask questions like this, but you also have access to my rankings. So you can, you can check out my rankings and see, Oh, Kyle has, you know, T Higgins ranked as wide receiver 18. Who's a, a young second year guy and Julio Jones ranked at wide receiver. I'm not sure where he is like 33 or something like that. And you can say, Oh, okay. I, I kind of get a sense you know, these, these guys put up relatively similar numbers, but I see that T Higgins is ranked about 15 or 16 spots higher um, due to his youth, despite the fact that he, you know, doesn't perform quite as well as Julio on, you know, based on his one year of production. It's, it's really just something you need exposure to. And, and it's, it's tough to get that and it takes time, but once you do, it's, I mean, there's really nothing that's stopping you from being a, a monster dynasty player. And, um, uh, yeah, so, I mean, like I said, I'm, I've been doing Dynasty for three, four years now, and I still I, – I, every trade I get, I have to ask because I'm like, I have no idea if this is good value. Like, it feels good, but, like, you know, this guy's older, or this guy, you know, like uh, made a trade for Deshaun Watson in a, in a Superflex League and gave Sam Darnold. And there's other pieces to it, obviously, but I was still a little nervous. I'm like, I don't know about Deshaun Watson's um, life and what's going to happen to him. So, you know, is it worth the risk to get this and, and that and everything? Um and like so, would you recommend? So I, I know one thing is that we think uh, when we first start. I know I did. It's like, oh, I'm rebuilding, so time to go get as many draft picks as I can. Uh, you know, first rounders, second rounders, as many as I can uh, could. Um, do you recommend doing that? It's like you know, like sell off Allen Robinson for three picks. Um, so yes and no. Um, I'll I'll keep it pretty brief, but it it pretty much just comes down to a. Are you getting fair value for your veteran? Um, you know, so if you can trade Allen Robinson for a mid first, a late first, and a mid second, you know, again, this is one of those things that it takes a lot of exposure to, but that's really good value if you're trading away Allen Robinson on a rebuilder. But if you're trading away Allen Robinson and you can get, you know, two second round rookie picks and a fourth, 
don't just make that trade because you're trying to get rid of Allen Robinson and get some picks. It's important that you get fair value in return. And second off, a lot of people like to rebuild by just trading for rookie picks. You know, their starting lineup consists of backup players and third stringers and, and all they have are rookie picks. And that's fine, but you're putting a heck of a lot of faith in yourself to nail those rookie picks. And, and that's a really tough thing to do considering the fact that NFL GMs that are being paid millions of dollars can only do about 50% of the time. So, so you're basically saying, you know, I am smarter than an NFL GM. And a lot of us would like to think that, but in reality, it's just, it's just not true. So in a rebuild, yes, it's very important to load up with a lot of future rookie picks, but it's also important to get stable young players that you know right now are good and are going to be good for a few years. Like if I'm rebuilding and I have the opportunity to get a future first round pick or DeAndre Swift, I'm going to take DeAndre Swift because if I'm lucky, that future first round pick will become DeAndre Swift. So it's important for rebuilders to say, hey, you know, getting rookie picks is very important, but it's also important to have a solid young core and just to get some sure thing young players as opposed to only rookie picks, which in reality are mostly, you know, lottery picks for the most part. Yeah, that's uh, uh, interesting that you mentioned that because I was like, oh, yeah, DeAndre, I mean, DeAndre Swift almost, it feels like a no-brainer, right? Like Cam Akers even. Um, okay, so um, uh, as we finish up here, uh, we're going to ask just, uh, I'm going to ask you a few, like, just advice questions. So um, people still don't like, you know, tanking is a thing, but, you know, tanking is a thing that can happen in, in Dynasty Leagues. Um, what are ways that you recommend leagues can set their, uh, set it up so, they can do the, you know, we did a draft lottery in one of my leagues. That wasn't super popular. There's optimized points. Like, how do you, or do you just do straight wins and losses um, uh, to do draft order? All right. So there are a couple things here. So I'm actually in a league that allows blatant, blatant tanking. And a lot of people, you know, don't like that idea. They think, you know, you should, you should set a lineup. Um, it's, it's unfair to the people you play against because that's just free wins for them and that's not fair. And a lot of people are of the notion that it's your team. You know, if it's a money league and you intentionally want to tank and, you know, give away your money because you think it'll help your team down the road, then it is within your power to do that. So that is definitely one point of view is to just allow tanking. Uh, if you don't want to allow tanking, but you're trying to find the best way to keep it competitive. One thing that I've seen, and it, it can get a little hairy, can get a little complicated, but what it is is teams, you, you require teams to at least set a respectable lineup. You know, like no one, you can't sit Stefan Diggs for Marquise Brown. But, you know, if someone wants to sit Tyler Boyd for Marquise Brown and still start a respectable lineup, then they're allowed to do that. However, once they're mathematically eliminated, then it gets to the point where, it, and again, it, get, it gets relatively complicated, but once a team is mathematically eliminated, then whoever is able to accumulate the most points from that point to the end of the season gets the first overall rookie pick. And I, I know that sounds a little confusing and, and there are probably better ways for me to word it, but it basically comes down to, all right, set a respectable lineup until you're mathematically eliminated. And then once you're mathematically eliminated, it's a race to see who can score the most points, you know, for the, for the next X amount of weeks. And that allows teams to, you know, set still respectable lineups, but then when it really comes down to it and they're fighting for the first overall pick or second overall pick, it comes down to which team scores the most points, but you weigh it in favor of the worst teams. So it still allows the worst teams to get the higher picks, the, the better rookie picks, but it gives some incentive for people to continue trying. So that's not the only way to do it, but that is, in my opinion, the best way to ensure that leagues can stay competitive while 
making it fair and weighted towards the worst teams in the league. My mind just exploded with that. So <laughs> um, <laughs> another tip that you gave last year was during um, a startup draft. Um, like this year, the rookies, instead of drafting like Kyle Pitts somewhere, you draft pick one, three or whatever in a, in a rookie draft. So you do a dynasty draft, which without the rookies in it. And then um, uh, instead of drafting the rookies, you draft the spots, you know, dra- draft the, the positions, dra- draft position yes. one, one draft position, first round, um, uh, second pick, you know, and, and so forth though. Um, before we leave, I'm going to give, give the listeners uh, um, just some tips that, you know, if they want to start Dynasty. Uh, first of all, I say go get 12 friends that you are confident that will play um, uh, for multiple years uh, that you like. Um, but, like, um, uh, what are some easy, easy things they can do to make, make their lives, the transition easier to go from redraft to Dynasty? Oh, for sure. And if, if you weren't going to ask this question, I probably would have would have mentioned it myself because it's so important. But, you know, if, if you've been playing redraft for however many years and you hear all this talk about dynasty and you're like, ah, it sounds, sounds so complicated, like rookie picks and, and strategy and value of veterans compared to rookies. No, that's too much. I'm okay with sticking with my redraft. This is what I would suggest you do. Get with your league mates and agree to change your redraft league to just a keeper league. So in Dynasty, you keep all your players every single year, year over year until they retire. Obviously you can trade players, but you can keep them forever. But in keeper leagues, you draft players just like you would in any normal league, but you can keep maybe two to three players per year. So let's say this past year you drafted, let me think of a good example. Let's say you drafted a guy like, Cam Akers in the ninth round. Uh, Cam Akers is a bad example because he just tore his Achilles. Let's say you drafted DeAndre Swift in the ninth round and flash forward one year. That's really good value. Like ninth round, you killed it. Nice job. You can keep DeAndre Swift in exchange for a ninth round pick in the next year's draft. So it's, it's basically a redraft league, except year over year, you're able to keep two players but you lose the draft pick at which you drafted them at. So if you snag Travis Kelsey in the third round of your redraft league last year, congrats, you probably won a championship. You can now keep Travis Kelsey this upcoming season. However, you lose your third round pick. And that is a great transition to dynasty because you're not making the full on commitment of keeping an entire team, but you sort of, begin to understand how it works. If you just set it to where you maybe keep two players the first year, then maybe the next year you keep four. And then when everyone really gets it and likes it, which you will, I promise, you just turn it to a full-fledged dynasty league. That's what I would suggest to the people that are really worried about making that transition from redraft to dynasty. There's no need to you know, make, make the full jump right away, you know, ease into it a little bit. That's, that's the, that's the way I did it. And I'm glad I did. That's the way I did it. Just transform your redraft league into a keeper league where you keep one to two players, maybe three. And and if my explanation didn't make sense, which it probably did not just go online and type in, you know, what is a fantasy football keeper league? It'll give you a really brief explanation. I guarantee you'll read it and say, you know what? I don't really want to try Dynasty yet, but this sounds pretty cool. I'm going to try this Keeper League. And I guarantee you, if you try the Keeper League, you will not be able to re- restrain yourself from starting a Dynasty League in a couple of years. Yeah, I mean, uh, it made sense to me. But I, again, I I have been playing Redraft and Keeper Leagues before, so I've heard all this stuff before. So um, hopefully made sense to people who, who I'm, uh, <laughs> haven't done. Again, this is, this is, you know, for people who haven't started yet, you know, go out there and, um, uh, yeah, this is, it's fun because now you're drafting and you're like, all right, you know, sometimes you draft Alvin Kamara as an undrafted free agent. You're like, oh man, I got him. For, and then you can keep him the next year because like you, you got him at such good value. Right. That's what makes it so no, fun is that you can exactly. find these, like, um, uh, you know, if you draft the Kyle Pitts this year. You know, there's a there's a there's a good chance that he he busts out. You know, a lot of tight ends do, but he also could be the next Travis Kelsey. So who knows? Um, uh, that's the exciting part. It's like you, you get to see the guys for two, three, four years. Like in redraft, I don't know if anybody you know like is going to be feel super confident with Kyle Pitts as their starting tight end. 
But uh-huh. in Dynasty, man, you know, you're like, man, you know, who knows? In three or four years, that could be the steal of the draft. So, um, yeah, Kyle, um, uh, so let, let's um, uh, let's hit up your Twitter here. Uh, I had it pulled up, and now I need to re-pull back up. You can go follow Kyle at, at DynastyFF underscore Kyle M. That's at DynastyFF. Uh, it's Central Fantasy Football underscore Kyle M. Um, his Patreon is linked there. He's got a pin tweet. Uh, what else? Um, uh, where else can they find you at? Yeah, well, if you if you you know type my username, check me out on Twitter. Shoot me a follow. Shoot me a DM. Just say you know, hey, hey, Kyle, heard you on the podcast. You know, you you rambled on way too much and said a lot of confusing things, but. It was it was kind of cool. I I, I kind of liked you. I'll be like, oh, thanks so much for reaching out. I'll follow you back. Um, you can hit me up on Patreon, but you can also not. I'm just I'm just happy to interact with you on Twitter. You know, I'm I'm not going to say, you know, go go join my Patreon or or don't reach out to me. That's not that's not how it is. I want hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people to reach out to me every single day. It just became a little too much, which is why I moved to the Patreon. But hit me up on Twitter, and then if you have any questions about the Patreon, I'll direct you right there. And just one more thing to keep in mind is if you're listening to this and you say, you know, I don't really, I don't really like Dynasty Fantasy Football, but I play Redraft, my Patreon is pretty much just a Fantasy Football Patreon. I, I will answer any and all Fantasy Football questions you throw my way. Again, if you, che- you want to check it out, it- it's my pinned tweet on Twitter at DynastyFF underscore Kyle M. Um, you can check it out. You can read a little bit about it. There's a description. Um, you can contribute whatever you'd like, whether that be you know a dollar a month. Um, you get 24, 24-7 access to individualized DMs, rankings, Discord chat, articles. You know, it, I-, I really just, I'm, I'm really in it just to, make sure I can actually have relationships and interactions with people as opposed to just the one or two word responses that I was able to give out on Twitter just because it got so it got so hectic and so slammed. But yeah, long story short, just just go check me out. Give me a follow. I'll follow you back. And and again, I, I really appreciate you having me on. It's, it's really been a blast just kind of chopping it up and breaking down Dynasty. And hopefully we're able to just get one person to convert from redraft to dynasty and I'll consider that a win. Yeah, I mean and, and again guys, I mean he's not gonna say it, but I'll say it. Like for he, he just said a dollar a month, not a day, a month. That's twelve dollars a year. Uh <laughs> for really good um a fantasy football insight. Uh he'll he'll I, I'm sure you know there's a Discord you can talk redraft, you can talk um a dynasty. Um again a tw- for twelve dollars a year. Like I'm uh it's really easy. Um you can also um, uh, check him out. Um, uh, uh, I mean, you know, Matthew Berry's not going to do that for you. Dave Richards not doing that for you. Jamie Eisenberg's not doing that for you. Uh, Chris Harris not doing. You know, Kyle here. You know, Dynasty Kyle here um, uh, is giving you um, access to um, uh, his advice and uh, giving you a community to be part of, and it's really fun. Um, on the high notes, hitting the high notes, we're we're doing our fantasy draft again this year. So who knows? Maybe that'll become a dynasty because we're all we're all still really good friends. Um, Kyle, thank you very much for coming on. Good luck this year. Maybe one year. Maybe are are you in the Scott Fishbowl? Uh, so I'm actually not this year. Um, that sort of coincided with my recent break on Twitter. Um, mm. I'm just sort of taking a, taking a little break to myself, and I decided to not apply to the Scott Fishbowl. Still, still send a um send a donation to to charity because you know I I love the cause and that's what it's all about, of course. And I, I've still been staying up to date with all the drafts, but. I, I did not do it this year just because I needed I needed a little a little time off. Hey, that's that's fair, man. And um, uh, thanks for coming on. Um, one last question: You are a New York Jets fan. Uh, I am based in Utah, which was um, uh, home to uh, BYU's own Zach Wilson, uh, <laughs> now New York Jets zone. So, how do you feel about uh, you know you got you got Zach Wilson, you got Elijah Moore. Um, how do you feel about um, uh, the Jets this year? Oh, I'm I'm, I'm stoked, man. Um, this is. This is easily the most excited I've been about the squad in years. Um, and, and don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm not going to be the one to tell you that I think playoffs are, are in the realm of possibility this year. I just, I just want to see some solid quarterback play. Uh, I want to see a, a nice connection with, you know, from, from Zach Wilson to Corey Davis, Zach Wilson to Elijah Moore. I, I kind of want to see our offensive line gel a little bit. And I want to see a competent head coach. Uh, after suffering suffering through the Adam Gase era for two years, I 
would just like to see some competence at the head coaching position. And with Robert Sala, I think, I think I'm going to get that. So I'm, I'm, I'm actually going to the week one game, uh, Jets Panthers. So I get to see Zach Wilson versus Sam Darnold uh, in person. And, you know, I, I could not, I could not be more excited about where the squad is headed. <laughs> and hopefully, hopefully I'm uh, I got some shares of Elijah Moore in, uh, in fantasy, just so I'm aware it fell up, you know, so fingers crossed. Um, um, and um, for those uh, fans of the jazz, I just saw the news, Mike Conley re-signing with the jazz for three years, 68 million. So congrats Ooh, to the man. jazz. So, uh, all right, Kyle. Well, um, uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. Hope you guys again. If, if you if you did join, the, decide to make a fantasy dynasty league, hit up Dynasty Kyle. Tell him like, hey, thanks for the podcast, and um, uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next time. Mm-hmm.